a Podcast One production. If you run a business, marketing that business is a very hard thing to do because it's a balance between standing out and basically coming up with an idea that goes too far and falls flat on its face. So today we're going to go through some of the weirdest and most genius marketing ideas that have been conceived throughout history and ask, are they... Cat's pyjamas or cat piss with the chaser? I'm Charles Firth and I'm joined today by Chris Taylor, Andrew Hanson and Dominic Knight. I'm hooked by that pitch, Charles. Thank you. I put a lot of time into my marketing. Uh, so the first story is it's a restaurant in San Francisco called Casa Sanchez. And in French, ni- French restaurant, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And um, in 1999, they came up with a marketing campaign where the customer got a tattoo of the Casa Sanchez logo, they could eat there for free for the rest of their lives. Is that cat's piece or cat's pyjamas? Is that a good marketing idea? Or a terrible marketing idea. Uh, well, it's it's probably cat's pajamas in terms of like media cut through. Like that's the sort of thing that I imagine the local newspapers and even the the, the statewide newspapers would run. Like people love that sort of it. You know, it's clickbait. Oh, restaurants giving away free food for life if you get a tattoo. So, yeah, great marketing mm. in terms of media uh, spend. But I wouldn't want to get the tat. Well. Well, actually, um, it turns out lots of people did. How big's the tat got to be? This is the question. Yeah, so and where's it got to be on your body? So it, they, it had to be prominent. So it had to be on your shoulder or um, I think the calf of your leg. So it had to be something right. where... And was there a size? Could you get like an atomically small sort of atom-sized tattoo or, would, or was there a minimum size? No, it had to be about the size of a tennis ball. There was quite strict right. um, mm-hmm. conditions on, on how. A tennis ball? Oh, that's quite big. Yeah, yeah. So, right. And what was the logo? Like is it relatively inoffensive, just the words, or is it sort of like a, a racist Mexican in a sombrero? <laughs> yeah, you know, it was a no, massive bare ass. Ch- uh, oh, it is a, it is a guy in a sombrero yeah. riding... A cob of corn, a bit like that final scene in Doctor Strangelove where a guy's <laughs> riding a nuclear bomb that's descending huh? to the ground. It's, oh, look at it. It's, it's great. I mean, you'd get that tattoo anyway. It doesn't even, even say even Casa Sanchez. No, it doesn't. So it, it's yeah. actually, it's just the image. There's no Casa Sanchez. Yeah, it's very, it, and it's a sort of wholesome, cartoonish um, logo. Yeah, so... <laughs> So you, you're saying it's kids' pajamas? Well, I, I would have imagined that got media cut through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're, we're I, talking I about it 20 years later. So <laughs> got a little bit. Well, of we media are. Cut. Is, is the restaurant? I mean, is the restaurant still open? Because because that would affect my answer as to whether it's ah, cats. Good question. Or, and well, the other key question is: Is the restaurant any good? Yes. <laughs> like, do you really want to eat sentence. for life at a place that had probably just had you know some kind of salmonella outbreak? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and this was their quick fix. <laughs> All the tattoo noodles. Tattoo noodles. The answer is that uh, it became the promotion became very popular very quickly. Too popular. Uh, way mm. too popular, and <laughs> um, they had to uh, within a day or two they had to cap the number of people who were allowed to get it at fifty uh, because people 
found out about the promotion and just immediately headed down to the local tat shop. Right. Got the right. tattoo and started eating. So there were people yeah. in the chair getting the tats, mm. not knowing that they've already drawn the line at, oh. at the first 50 you're allowed to, to take up the deal. Well, no, actually, um, they they were quite sensible about it. The number got to 40 and then they actually did a, an article in the local paper saying we're going to... We're going to have to cap this. Right. So, like the next oh, day. Oh, well, that's even better. That's even more cat's pajamas because mm. it kind of, you know, they're advertising their own success. Yeah. Mm. You know, which is amazing. Was, was, what year so, did this happen? Did you say? 20, so 19, 20 years ago. So, 1999. Then in, yeah. in 2010, uh, the Wall Street Journal did a follow up article and calculated that the promotion for those <laughs> 50 people had cost the restaurant $5.8 million. Oh, no. <laughs> That's right, really. you're kidding. But maybe, but maybe it helped oh, them stay open. Like, you know, it may have cost them that, but maybe they made more money. Yeah, being as the tattoo well. place that everyone. You know. Well, I imagine that there wouldn't be news articles every day, you know, every week during mm. those ten years of the promotion. You know, like, like no, yeah, sure, no, you no, get no, that no. initial burst. Yeah, was it five point eight million dollars worth of burst of publicity that do, they got? Do we know what their annual turnover was? Uh, we don't know what their annual turnover was. But they're obviously was. still open. They're still open. But, like, yeah. they, if they can afford to lose $5.8 million, which anyone who's ever been in the restaurant game would know is a hell of a lot. Like the margins are tiny mm. in that game. Yeah. So they can afford to lose $5.8 million, it seems, because they're still open. Yeah. So they must be doing very high turnover. Wouldn't the incentive be there, though, if you're the operator of Casa Sanchez, to poison your customers, <laughs> like just the ones Ooh. with the tattoos, just like in a way that's completely <laughs> indistinguishable. Think, Dom, I don't think you should go into marketing. <laughs> You've got the back. Killing your customers is not necessarily the follow-up story you want to see in the paper. In place. a way that is undetectable because every time a, a customer with a tat dies, that's another couple of hundred grand yeah. you're well, making off the bottom line. Well, the husband of the woman who did this promotion did actually – he wanted it to only last a year and she was going, no, 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 it's yeah. got to last, you know, the lifetime. A year would have been fine. People still would have done it for a year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. She had a dream. But, you know, a tattoo is forever was her point. But the actual sort of reason why the husband came round in the end was he went, well, if people actually want to eat here every day for the rest of their lives, then they're going to get bored so yeah. the, the, it, it won't actually happen. Well, that's that what way. amazes me yeah. about the five point eight million because yeah. I like Mexican, but I don't want it every night. But you could only lose that kind of money if they're, they're the fifty people are going literally every meal, probably <laughs> three times a day. Oh, we're going to Casa Sanchez <laughs> yeah. again. Well, Come on, kids, live upstairs. <laughs> if you're the sort of person who agrees to get a massive tap for free food, then you probably are the sort of person who'd eat there every day to make sure you got the value. <laughs> From the tattoo. I wonder if you? they were all locals. Imagine it was just someone from, like, you know, the East Coast holidays, in New York, yeah. but knew they could get a free meal <laughs> yeah, every day in San Fran. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought I'd drop in just, just while I was here. I got the tat. <laughs> Show your tat. <laughs> Although young people today, though, I mean, they get they get yes. a tat without a second thought. Look at Ariana they would, Grande. They would do that. And Pete Davis, they got about six tattoos during their two-month relationship. That's a much, much worse idea than Casa Sanchez. That's true. They needed to put a challenge out that's more... You know, difficult. Yeah, like for millennials. Uh, like a cock ring in the, in the shape of the Casa Sanchez <laughs> with a, slogan. With a cob of corn. <laughs> hanging off the cock ring. <laughs> That's commitment to a restaurant. Okay, next idea. Half.com. This is also from 1999. I think Golden it, year. I think basically the peak of marketing yeah. is 1999. Oh, yeah. It was the dot-com boom era. So Half.com, which was an internet startup, which was a textbook rental company, 
convinced the town of Halfway, Oregon to rename its city to Half.com. That's so American. I love that Americans get behind this stuff. I get, you know, in Australia, no town would agree to do that. But I love the fact that in America, you know, it's a it's a very marketing-friendly society. That's cat's pyjamas for me. I remember now that, yeah, there were a lot of patently stupid ideas for dot-com sites mm. and they all did things like this, like massive things. And then the idea of the business, <laughs> just yeah. like they spent all this money on marketing yeah. and then... Found out that no one wanted to rent textbooks. Yeah, because like a tattoo being forever, changing your name is forever. Mm. Like not looking from a marketing perspective, but looking at from the town's perspective and the likelihood that a textbook rental company would succeed. Are we sure we want to go with Cat's Pyjamas on this one? I'm Cat's Pissed because how does it help? Like presumably it's a pretty pissy town somewhere in, randomly in Oregon. Mm. How do, Like if you can... <laughs> Convince New York City to rename itself to half.com. Great. Mm. Everyone's going to be talking about it. But this this nothing town in nowhere, what have they got to lose by calling themselves well, half.com? What you could do is like make sure you could always carry out murders or school massacres <laughs> in the town to guarantee the town's name is always prominently in the news. <laughs> it's always on the map. <laughs> well, and the CEO. I'd love to hear the news reader today in what's the name of the town? The half.com half. half. serial killer <laughs> strikes again. <laughs> yeah. huh? But no, the CEO of Half.com at the time said it's a great opportunity for both sides. We want to boost their tourism and, and get a le- and we get a level of attention and publicity as out of the box thinkers. So the tourism, but w- would a tourist go there <laughs> just because it had been renamed after a website? Well, Particularly when you can travel to Half.com on any web browser. Yeah, mm. <laughs> I reckon well, they would because I um I happen to know there's another town in Oregon uh, called just outside of Portland. As a matter of fact, it's a suburb of Portland called Boring. Um, now oh. it's a very unfortunate name, but there are tourists who want to go, if only to get their you know photo outside the sign. You are now entering Boring or something like people this do. This is boring. People do like whole itineraries just going to funny named towns. Oh, for the sign. For the but if you stood next to a sign that said half dot com, it would just look like an ad yeah. for a website. It's, it's not as not as funny as standing next to Boring or Shitsville or you know yeah. Shitsville dot com. I'd definitely visit <laughs> Shitsville dot com. Well, well the. Uh, the uh, town also got company stock, internet access, free internet access for wow. the whole town, computers, and free giveaways for local events. Mm. So not too bad. Then a few months later, Half.com sold itself to eBay for three hundred million dollars. What? Wow! wow. And the and the How town cashed work? in. Oh, so everyone in the town would get a get a well the, the a, town a council or whatever. Um, Got the money. Yeah. Right. So is that now like the richest small town in America or do they have the best town hall of any little town in and America? D- do they what? now need to rename the town eBay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, Andrew, they've only, they've only got half a town hall. It's, you've got to be consistent That's with true. the brand. <laughs> so hang on, how did the story end? Because it's 20 or so years after that. Is, are they still called Half.com? No, no. When eBay bought them, they abolished the brand Half.com. And the town went back to being halfway, but they ended up with all the computers and stock and money. I can't uh, believe that worked out. It was an incredibly successful campaign. Yeah, that's right. Okay, next one is the OMGIGP Vomit Girl campaign. Does anyone remember this? This was in 2009. I didn't understand a single thing you just said that. It was a lot of letters followed by Mm. Vomit Girl. I don't think the the Vomit Girl part was sticky for me. (laughs) I don't even remember that, but the OMG, whatever it was, PIG, no. It it was put out uh, by an obscure company, you might know them, called Microsoft. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yep. 
It was OMG, IGP, vomit girl, and it means, oh, my God, I'm going to puke. Uh, I know. Do you remember that? I used that. That was called Windows 98. Yes, it was. No, it was called. <laughs> no, it was called Internet Explorer 8. It's honestly, it was to promote Internet Explorer 8, which was notoriously a terrible. Internet but what, what is it? Is it a is it a doll of a girl or is it a, just a, the name the of thing? software? No, it was. Um, it was a whole lot of posters of her saying, "Oh my god, I'm going to puke," and looking like she was going to puke. And then it, it was an ad where uh, she. Uh, it, like she had a boyfriend, and her boyfriend was using Internet Explorer eight, <laughs> and then she'd go, "Oh, can I have a turn on the computer?" And she'd get the computer and see what he'd been browsing on Internet Explorer eight, and she'd go, "Oh my god, I'm going to puke!" And then the rest of the ad was her looking like she was going to puke. What are we to learn about the boyfriend? Like that he's watching something so horrific. Yes. What kind of relationship like is this? Like a snuff movie or Isn't something. Isn't the solution just wow. to find a new boyfriend? Then she'd be vomiting less every day. I mean, yeah. I mean, did we ever find out what he was watching? Uh, no, you don't. I mean, oh, you so assume you it's, it's right, something horrendous. It must be pretty bad. So, so is the marketing proposition that if you use Internet Explorer 8, you can access content so utterly disgusting that your <laughs> yeah. girlfriend will break up with you, horrified. Or not break up with you, but just stay with you but vomit a lot. <laughs> Possibly on you. Yes, <laughs> like, that is exactly. So is that cat's piss or cat's pyjamas? Well, it's cat's vomit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's really brave as a campaign, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so apparently it didn't work. Um, oh, well, cat's piss that, then. That was a fail. I was about to say pyjamas, but yeah. now I'm going to turn it around very quickly and go, well, that, that's a stupid idea, cat's piss. <laughs> so what, what, it didn't cut through? It didn't cut, well, no, apparently it did cut through, but um, it was widely panned. Because <laughs> yeah. things can cut through and everyone makes a joke about them is that they're shit. I mean, that's a form of cutting through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no, exactly. Like, uh, I mean, it was widely seen as a bad idea yeah. um, at the time, but... Right. I mean, was it was it a high profile judge. failure? Yes, it was. This yes. was their like Vegemite yes. snack two point yeah. of of the dot com boom. You would probably, if you looked it up, you'd probably actually recognise it. Yeah, but now, uh, putting Vomit Girl into our corporate web browser here, I don't think you'll get what you you're after. Ah, uh, yes. I think no. the problem with the campaign was that it's got a sort of inherent tautology in it because what does what does the second acronym stand for? I'm going to puke. I'm going to puke. Yeah, yeah. so you, you've got I'm going to puke, vomit girl. So it's sort of a double down on the same thought. So there's just a la- it's just bad writing. I think that, that idea could have worked with better copy. Uh, and look, uh, and I've just actually found out <laughs> what it was designed to actually promote oh, and good. what it was. I'm glad you're finding that, that out now yeah. <laughs> rather than when we started <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> Which is, no, no, I just looked it up and it was, it was to promote the private browsing option. Uh, in Internet Explorer oh, 8. So it was, oh, so it was so literally it was, the boyfriend looking at porn. It, yeah. yeah. But wow. Porn or it. beheadings or <laughs> yeah, mass stonings or... in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what she was puking at. It may have just mm. been Sex in the City 2. <laughs> <laughs> Probably was. <laughs> okay. There's a company in uh, the USA called LifeLock and what they do is you pay a sort of monthly fee of 20 or 30 bucks and they secure your identity so that nobody can defraud you. They uh, make sure that, you know, your credit cards can't be stolen Mm -hmm. and and Mm. if it is, they help you manage that. Right. So in 2007, the CEO of LifeLock posted his social security number on a billboard and dared the world... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and dared the world to steal 
his identity. <laughs> Can you guess what happened next? OMG, Bobby oh, Girl. <laughs> Still, it's, uh, he backs he backs his product. Yeah. He backs it, which is cat's pajamas. To it, you know, you've got to be behind behind what you what you're selling. You certainly yeah. do. He's practicing what he preaches. What did happen to him though? So his his identity was stealed multiple times <laughs> by you know hundreds of hackers, um, and it ended up being a huge personal headache. For Todd <laughs> 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 oh shit! For Todd Davis. <laughs> and then, and then also, it proved that his pr- product and his company was selling this useless product yeah. that actually oh. didn't make so, security so, breaches. So it's Bad a double whammy, and worse for the company. Yeah. yeah. Oh dear! It's like the. It reminds me of the, the the poor old French man who who designed early versions of parachutes, <laughs> and he was so determined to show that that they worked and to get funding. For these parachutes that he jumped off one of the platforms of the Eiffel Tower with all the media present. There's a great video of him on YouTube. I mean, it's actually a bit hard to watch. It's a, it's a snuff it's movie. It's you need to, he does the, yeah. right to watch it. But because it's so... <laughs> oh, my God, <laughs> I'm going to puke. You've been... I can't believe my boyfriend has been looking up the Eiffel Tower <laughs> parachutist again. I've got to say, though, because it's a French snuff movie, it's very artistically done. Beautiful. black and white. We're talking about genius marketing ideas and they say the best type of products are products where the marketing is built into the product. Mm. And I think this one counts as that. These are called diamond candles. Has anyone heard of diamond candles? No. They're still for diamond chopsticks. They're still for sale today. They started in 2013. And what they, the company does is they sell just normal candles, like scented candles, mm-hmm. And inside each candle is a ring. And ah. and the rings are valued at either $10, $100, <laughs> $1,000 or $5,000. But you just, you don't know what you're going to get. Oh, you don't know. Until you've burnt the candle. And is the idea that if you're thinking of proposing to your loved one, you buy one of these candles and hope there's, there's going to be sufficient amount of blackouts in the next five years <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that it'll eventually the candle will melt down and thus your ring will present itself to her? Uh, no. No. Good no. <laughs> uh, for a business, long, though. That's a long, Still. long game that someone's playing. <laughs> Why is the thought. candle on? It's the middle of the day. <laughs> no, it was, it was based around the marketing premise that 98%, I didn't know this, 98% of all home fragrance purchasing dollars are spent by women. And so I'm surprised, even the 2%. Yeah, yeah. uh, And so the thought was women would buy these candles, burn them down, and hope that they get a really expensive ring for themselves. So they knew there was a ring inside. They just didn't know if it was a very cheap one or quite an expensive one. Yeah. It's sort of almost like a gambling thing. It's like like a very slow, romantic form of gambling. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I suppose it's nicer. Oh, cat's pyjamas, I mean, it's much nicer than going and sitting at the pokies in some smelly pub. You get to sit, sit at home, light a beautiful smelling candle. Well, and- see, I actually find the smell of pubs better than the smell of aromatherapy candles. I you hate, don't like them? I hate it when my wife puts this stuff on. Because they... Really? Well, they, it reminds me of bad hippie share houses... Because it's oh, sort of got that okay. incense smell. Oh, I, incense, right. I yeah. don't like mm. – I, I believe there are some classier ones out there that smell of vanilla or something, but most of them just smell of 
dodgy incense, and I don't care how expensive the ring is inside the candle. I don't want that <laughs> smell in my house. So we need for you, a, a, I guess, a pub-scented aromatherapy candle where you just sort of burn it down and uh, it's not a sunny second time. There's such a market for blokes' aromatherapy candles, like the smell of sausages. Yes. The oh, smell, yeah. The smell of sweat. <laughs> new oh, car yeah. smell. Yes, the smell mm. of freshly cut grass with your brand new Vic Mower. <laughs> So, Why isn't that in a candle? <laughs> <laughs> and what, what would the, the prize be? Yeah, yeah. What would a guy want inside just a beer inside oh, his candle? Yeah, beer it's quite a fat candle, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Maybe a candle, yes, yes, or just a, or another or a sausage. A sausage. You, could, you could put a sausage in a candle vertically. You could. You could. Yeah, or maybe It'd be a great yeah. thing to find. And what, some sausages are worth ten dollars, and some are worth five thousand. And by the time the, the candle had burnt down, the sausage would be grilled and ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's self, it's self cooking. Genius Blokes candles. We've oh, no, come no, up with yeah, a business I'll, idea that's cat's pajamas. May I say? Yeah, that, that is cat's pajamas. Actually, I'll just finish this story, which is the the diamond candles product ended up becoming such a runaway success that it became a million dollar. Uh, company like it, it had a, over a million dollars in sales in the first eighteen months, and then became in two thousand and thirteen uh, the one of the hottest one hundred e-commerce websites in the world. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> How would you know the value of your ring? Like, do you reckon? I mean, I'm, I'm sure a jeweler might be able to spot a five thousand dollar carat diamond mm. to a ten dollar one, but would the average punter? Or was there something written on it going, you've got the 5,000 one? I, look, I don't know. I presume it, it would be the size of the rock, wouldn't it? I guess. Maybe. But you could still make a large, cheap one. It would be terrible if you didn't realise and, you, and you, you, you know, you might have somebody whose first five candles were the $5,000 ones and they just go, ah, oh, I wish I could get the, you know, they threw them all in the bin. They might, and what, you know what it would have been like? Remember the, the Paddle Pop Liquor Prize oh, yeah. promotion? Yeah. And yeah. I just had a fridge full of mm. Paddle Pops because I just, mm. you know, you hoarded them because you, you, and it was like, there was never yeah. any, it was the Rank TV, I think, was, yeah. the, was the best prize you could win, but you always got second <laughs> chance draw or mm. some lame. TV that's rank. But it's so I bet there were hardly any $5,000 rings. So yeah. it's genius marketing. They're basically all of them would have been $5 or $10 rings. Yeah. But people would have had candles all through their house hoping mm. to crack the big one. And guys, and probably some women, would have gone absolutely furious with just having houses full of candles that they couldn't move. I'm very disappointed <laughs> that when I bought my wife the engagement ring, it didn't come with a shit aromatherapy candle. That would have been a <laughs> lovely thing. So this next one is... Pepsi, in 1993, wanted to run a promotion in the Philippines to try and beat Coca-Cola. And the way they did it was they ran a bit of a lottery. The idea was you had to buy a bottle of Pepsi and underneath the cap was a code. If you got the right code, you would win $40,000. The problem was that they announced the wrong code so that instead of one bottle cap winning... There were suddenly 800,000 winning bottle caps. <laughs> Most expensive giveaway in history. $3.2 billion. No. Did they honour it? or oh. They didn't honour it. They refused to pay. Uh, outrage ensued. And my understanding, though I, I don't have this in my research notes, but my understanding is... Uh, they ended up leaving the country for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, the boss? Yeah. The boss just had to skip no, the, no, the, the, company, the company. Yeah. So there's no Pepsi in the Philippines because of a typo. Well, is that, that right? This was back in 1993. Wow. Yeah. My God. 
How does a, how does a whole product abscond from a country? Like, do you have to send all your staff to every vending machine going, get them all out, get them all out, we've got the first plane out of here? <laughs> and if there's one thing that the secretary would check for, for, for typos, mm. it's the code. Isn't it? Like, you how does so. that even happen? Is it, I'll just, just check that code one more time <laughs> before we print 40,000 of them or whatever. Yeah, probably, even worse, probably even worse than that. The code was actually, Coke is better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, is the, this campaign is oh. a disaster. <laughs> Another one from the 1990s. I think the, the nadir of marketing was in the early 1990s. This final one was from 1992. 50,000 women got a letter from a stalker and uh, all saying things like, we met again on the street yesterday and I noticed how you glanced interestedly in my direction. Uh, And then they invited the female recipient to embark with them on an adventure. Wow. Really? And And was this this a a marketing campaign? This was a marketing campaign. Maybe in the 90s that was that feels yeah. less creepy. And, and in, in Spain, the, oh, yeah. they probably loved it, did they? Did, did, yeah. yeah. Well, well uh, at the risk of being sexist and racist at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I was thinking that. I thought, no, I, but I, know you, what you, I know what you mean. There can is, you guess what the company was and what they were trying to sell? Yeah, it was in Net Explorer 8 trying to make them vomit. <laughs> 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 A little bit before that, 1992, what's your guess? Oh, a well-known product? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a is major, it, major product. Is it something to do with mail or is that nah, no? No. Nah. And, and what did the letter ask them to do exactly? Go to, on an adventure with them. I, oh, so, so maybe oh. it's a cruise company or something. No. Is it like a... No. Uh, Airbnb? No. It was um, the adventure to go to the Philippines and pick up all the cans uh, of Pepsi. <laughs> 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 um, no. Well, it's only no. women, so is it, um, is you know... Uh, uh, sort of women's clothing line, or um, it was give us a clue. Give us a clue. I'll give you a clue. Uh, it was something that you would see in the street every day. Like it's something so common that you can understand why the marketing department went. Oh yeah, well they'll all have seen one during the day, and oh, like they'll, a taxi. then they'll receive this it, message and it'll be like, it, oh okay, it, is, is it a taxi? Close a bus or something like that. Public transport? No, it was for a car manufacturer for Fiat. Oh, Fiat cars. And so the idea was they were trying to promote the distinctiveness Mm. and sexiness of their Fiat. By getting women and luring them into a strange car. Gosh, what a wonderful idea. But they didn't put the logo or any disclaimer on these notes. And so women became genuinely terrified. Right. um, Mm. Which was horrible. And uh, it turned into an absolute marketing catastrophe. Can't, can't you imagine the marketing meeting going, no, no, don't put the logo on there. We make it more of a surprise. When they learn, it's Fiat. Yeah, it's a, it's a soft launch idea. What, How are what, they going to yeah, what, reveal? What's the, what's the I mean, good version of this campaign? Like the women yeah, were sort of intrigued and said, I'll go on an adventure and presumably yeah, a representative was, from the company takes them to the car and they go for a test drive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that didn't happen. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. Oh, so did the letter say sort of, you know, yeah, give, meet give me a, at your... A local Fiat dealership. No, no, I think it was like give us, <laughs> give me a call, you know, and a phone number. So the drop of your blood. Oh. I think it was based on the idea. Obviously, there was a creepy marketing man who actually thought that stalking was 
was somehow intriguing for Yeah, well, no, I guess there is a European tradition of, you know, dark admirer, like, you know, you know, because, you know, the film Amelie, which every girl loves, that's basically this plot mm. where someone's getting letters and you're getting clues about a mystery man. Mm. It always looks then, lovely in films, but when it happens to you in real life, you go, wow, I've got a stalker. It's because in and, Amelie, and, and, there's a yellow filter. If they adjusted yeah. this to a yellow filter. And at the end of Amelie, she buys a Fiat, so. <laughs> <laughs> it all ends happily ever after. But, so would there, would there have been maybe a TV series or a movie at the time where this was a plot and should sort of normalise it? Because who was in the meeting going, oh, look, people would love to get a letter inviting them to sort of disappear with an anonymous person? I get it. I think I get it. Yeah. But I I also get that it backfired. Yeah. Wording that letter would have Mm. been key. Do we have the wording? (laughs) Oh, uh, well, I I can tell you the, the main message was we met again on the street yesterday and I noticed how you glanced interestedly in my direction. So it's the car writing Ooh, to them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's a creepy car. It's a big assumption yeah. too that in Spain, Fiat's are so commonplace that every woman has glanced at one of them in the last day. Yeah, the <laughs> with, with sexual interest. Yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> sort of Spaniards fucking Fiat's. <laughs> cat's Pyjamas or Cat's Piss with The Chaser was written and presented by The Chaser. Created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer Alex Mitchell. Sound production by Darcy Thompson and Matt Nikolic. For more more episodes, go to podcast1.com.au, download the Podcast One app, or search Cat's Pajamas on Apple Podcasts.